try to just call it the most encouraging uh, service of the week. You know, it's, someone said that the Wednesday night service is almost like that middle tent post to put right in the middle, so that way you can make it from Sunday to Sunday. You got that Wednesday just to prop it up because we got to survive in the world. We've got to deal with the things, and we need the encouragement to know that God is still on the throne, that God is still working, that we can still go on because of Him. And we have a God who is always at work. And He wants to use us in a very special way. And this is a message I really would pray that I have everyone's heart and everyone's attention. Because this can be something that you need in your life. The message that you need to, to... take that other step to realize what God is doing, to give a final surrender to follow after God with what he has for you. And so if you wouldn't mind, take your copy of the word of God and look with me in the book of Isaiah 49. Isaiah and chapter number 49. And notice with me starting at verse number one. Isaiah 49 and starting at verse one, the Bible says this, Listen, O isles, unto me and hearken, ye people from afar. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he hath hid me and made me a polished shaft. In the quiver hath he hid me. And it said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain and have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord and my work with my God. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we see in the book of Isaiah 49? Isaiah 49 and verse 2, a phrase that is entitled, The Polished Shaft. The Polished Shaft. And with the Lord's help, I want to preach to you this amazing idea that is found here. And I want to describe to you about the polished shaft. The polished shaft. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And Lord, I beg of you to show up. Lord, with little spiritual warfare, little distractions, little things going on, I'm asking that you would please arrest our attention towards you that we can see and we can visualize and that you could get through to our hearts that you have a desire to use us in a special way maybe there's someone in here that has just never fully surrendered towards you i'm asking that you would arrest their hearts tonight and that they would allow you to do the work that you want to get done to make us into that polished shaft in jesus name we pray amen The polished shaft. Before I dive into the text, I want to tell you a story that was told to me by a missionary. In the part of Africa where this missionary had been serving at, they had the crookedest stick in the world. Literally, it is the most crooked stick of any kind of tree, plant, shrub, anything. It is just a crooked, gnarled, ugly stick or branch that they would get from here. And what they would do is the people of this African tribe, what they would do is they would take a big long stick, a branch from this um, 
tree, this shrub, this whatever it was. And what they would do is they would take a knife and they would begin to cut off the little extra branches and cut on the little knobs and stuff. Then what they would do is after they got through cutting on it, they would put it up in the fire. And right before that stick began to catch on fire, they would take it out and they would take a wet rag and quickly begin to rub on that stick. And an amazing thing would happen. This stick would begin to straighten up some. Then what they would do is they would take a knife again and they would begin to cut a little bit more on those knobs, a little bit more on those little bumps. And they would put it in the fire. And they would hold it in the fire right until it was ready to start burning. And then they would take it out once again. They would take a wet rag and they would begin to rub on it and it would straighten out even more. And they would continue to do this process until this the most crookedest stick in all the world would finally be a straight shaft. Then they would put fletching on it, they would put an arrowhead, and it would be their arrow that they would use, and they would put it in their quiver. And this missionary would watch this tribe do this, but every once in a while, they would get a stick, and it would look just like all the rest of them, all gnarled and bent. But what they would do is they would begin to cut on it once again, take all the knobs and all the other twigs and all the thing bumps that they had. They would put it in the fire and just right when it was getting ready to catch on fire, they would take it out and they would take that rag and they would begin to rub on it. But on a special stick, every once in a while, they would begin to chant over it. Ooh, 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 ah, ha, ha. Ooh, 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 ha, ha, ha. And then what would happen is that they would put it in a special compartment in their quiver. Well, the missionary watched this go on for a while. And finally, he went up to the tribesman who was making these arrows. And he said, I've been watching you do this. And he says, I noticed that you have two sets of arrows. You have some that you just regular make. And then there's some that you chant over. And you put them in a special place in your quiver. What's, what's the difference? And the, the tribesman said in his words... That in these arrows over here, my regular arrows, they're play arrows. I go hunting for rabbit, it go left or right, no big deal. Rabbit go away, me miss, no big deal. He says, but these other ones are my polished shaft. That was his words. And he says, these arrows I use in life and death situation. Jaguar, lion, come to me. Arrow must not go left or right, must hit target. These are my special ones. These are the ones that must hit. And the tribesmen use that exact word, the polished shaft. That their weapons, their special arrows, weapons in the hands of God. That's exactly what God does with us to make me a polished shaft. Notice with me in Isaiah 49 and notice verse 1. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, and from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. This is similar to the calling of Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. That God 
knows who you are while you're still in your mother's womb. He has a plan for your life. He knows your name. He has a desire to use you. And he has a desire to use each and every one of us. Notice in verse 2. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. He's saying, I want to use you as a special weapon in my hands, a spiritual weapon. Don't you want to be used as a spiritual weapon in the hand of God? Don't you want to be used in a special way where God pulls you out right when he needs you? Think about that tribesman who had the arrows, the play arrows. I don't want to be a play arrow. I don't want to be the practice arrow. I want to be used by God when it counts. I want him to be able to trust me and use me and know that I'm going to be used. Notice this, verse 2. And he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft. A polished shaft. You know, God does that refining work of making that polished shaft just like those African tribesmen do with that crookedest stick in the world. And you could look through your life and you could see there was times where you were pretty crooked. And you know what God does? He takes that knife and He begins to cut out some of those hard areas in your life. He begins to cut out those, those crooked places and cut up on them. Then what He does... As he puts you in the fire. Oh Lord it hurts. It hurts. Oh and just when you think you're going to get consumed. When the fire is going to burn you out. He takes you out. And it begins to rub on you. And you begin to straighten up. Now it's a painful process for the stick. If the stick had feelings. It would tell you it hurt. To take that knife. And to cut on you. To take those hardened places in your life. Those crooked places. And to cut on you. And he's doing it because he wants to make you into a special weapon. He's not cutting on you just to cut on you. There's a purpose. He knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, but it hurts for him to cut on you. Oh, it hurts for him to make those slices. And then once again to get put in the fire. Oh, to be put in the fire and to feel like, oh, Lord, how am I going to get out of this? Oh, I'm burning, Lord, I'm burning. Oh, how am I going to get out of this? And just when you think you just can't go on anymore, he pulls you out and he rubs on you and you become a little bit more straighter. And he continually does this process until finally he has in his hands a polished shaft. A weapon that can be used in the hands of God. This polished shaft, this thing that he does to make you. And like I said, I don't want to be a plaything. I don't want to be used for target practice. I want to be used by the Lord when it counts. But you know what? It takes some yielding. Notice again in verse 2. Let's dive a little bit more in here. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me. Do you know how God makes a polished shaft? It's not in public. He makes you in private. That cutting process is not public. It's just you alone with God. When people don't know the suffering, they don't know the trials, they don't know the things that he's doing and 
cutting on you and slicing you. This is done in the shadow of His hand. He hath hid you away. You know, you may see preachers and you may see preachers' wives and you may other see people and you say, wow, look, they have it together. You didn't see the refining process. You didn't see the cutting process. You didn't see when they were put in the fire and they thought that they weren't going to make it out and God pulls them out just right before they're consumed and rubs on them. You didn't see that process. Every polished shaft has to go through that process. Every weapon in the hand of God has to go through that time of cutting, of the putting put in the fire, that refiner's fire. But it's worth it to be a weapon in the hands of God. And God makes you in private. Now this polished shaft, that stick, there's one thing that has to be true of that stick. It has to be bendable, moldable. As soon as you get a stick that fights and doesn't want to cut and is protested, you know what's going to happen to that stick? It's going to break. And then it can't be used to be an arrow anymore. You see, God, let me tell you how God works. God doesn't change subjects. You know, there's a little place right in your sternum where you have, have a, a, a tendon run through. And if you hit it just right, you get a little twinge that actually kind of feel it all in the chest. We call that our heartstrings. And you know what God does? He keeps thumping that same thing until you're done. You know, it's amazing. Someone may have a problem with tithing. And, but God doesn't switch messages. He doesn't go to this message, to this message. He goes the same message over and over. And for someone who's struggling with tithing, someone who's struggling with tithing, they're struggling giving to the Lord. That's all they hear. I could preach a message about music. And they said, hey, how'd you like the music? Or how'd you like the message? It was, it was all right, I guess. Well, what did the preacher preach on? Well, he preached on tithing. No, he preached on music. Yeah, but he meant tithing. You know, that's because God doesn't switch messages. He keeps trying to work and work until it's bendable. And we have just a time where we're going to obey God and allow Him to make us before finally God's going to... I'm going to start over and I'm going to find a weapon that can be made by me. Now, it's not a fun process to be made a weapon, but when you are made a polished shaft and you're used in those life and death situations, when someone's on the brink of going to heaven or going to hell, when a marriage is about ready to fall apart, you, you want to be used of God to be an encouragement, to be a help, to be used of God to bring that person. We want to be a weapon in the hands of God. But it only comes with that making process of being in that quiet place with God and allowing Him to work trusting in Him in the fire, saying, yes, Lord, yes, whatever the, He comes up and tells us, we say yes, we say yes. Notice as He goes on, And He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of His hand hath He hid me, and made me a polished shaft, in His quiver He hath hid me. You know, there's sometimes that God holds us as a weapon, and He holds us, and we're saying, Come on, is it time yet, God? Is it time yet, God? And he's got us in that place. And he says, no, it's not time yet. I've got a special time I'm going to use you. I've got a special place I'm going to use you. I want to use you at the very right time. 
And then when it's come that life and death time, he's got that arrow, he's got that polished shaft prepared and ready to go so that way he can be used. It doesn't go to the left, it doesn't go to the right, it goes and does exactly what it's supposed to do. But that's that God making the process. It's God making us and hiding us in the shadow of his hand. Verse 3, He hath said to me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. God will be glorified by the weapons He uses. He will use us. And I want to be used to glorify His name. I want to be used in those times. I want to be a trusted, polished shaft to allow Him to go through that process. What is that process again? We start off as that crooked stick. Gnarled. Liars, thieves, selfish, all those things just crooked and gnarled, good for nothing. You ever as a child take a crooked stick and because you didn't have anything else and put it in a bow and arrow and just to see how it would go? It doesn't hit the target. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So God, in order to make us straight, in order to make us that polished shaft, He has to cut on us. And it's not fun. And it hurts. But he's doing it. Lord, please keep going. Please do. Please. And he puts us in that fire. Oh, that fire. That burns and consumes around you. And you say, oh, how am I going to get out of this? And he pulls us out right before we're consumed. And rubs on us until we straighten up. He can make us that polished shaft. Now... We always want to preach hope. Someone said, you know, Lord, preacher, there was a time that I could tell that God was working on me. I could tell that He was putting me and He was cutting me. And there was a time that I said no, and I know that He broke me. He says, is there any hope for me? Is there any hope? There is. You may not be as qualified, or you may not be able to use in all the situations you might have. But you know what God can do is He could take that broken stick... And he could once again cut on it. And instead of being used for a long bow, maybe you could be used for a crossbow. Maybe you could be used for something else. But God can still use you no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done before, no matter what you've told God before. He can still make you a weapon. He can still make you to something that is usable by Him in life and death situations. But once again, I I can't emphasize enough It takes that heart that says, yes, God, yes, God, to allow him to change us, to allow us when he says, fix this, yes, get rid of this, yes, stay away from this, yes, do this, pray for this, do this, and say yes. But over all that time, the whole time what he's doing is he's scraping on you. He's cutting on you. He's putting you in the fire. He's rubbing on you. And you're straightening out. And you're becoming more and more usable as a polished shaft. You know, this message has meant so much to me over the years. Because in my life, this is what I wanted. I want to be used as a weapon in the hands of God. I don't want to be a plaything. I don't want to be used for target practice. But I understand you don't become this overnight. It takes 
time where God is hiding you in the shadow of his hand. It's done in secret where no one knows what's being done in your heart. No one knows what God is working on you about. Sometimes not even your parents, not even your spouse, not even your kids know what is God is doing to molding you and cutting you. And, and it hurts. I know it does. But the end product is when you're used in that life and death situation, when you're used, when it matters most, oh, it's worth it all. And God gets the glory. God gets all of the glory. And what I'm trying to encourage you tonight is I'm asking you, do you want to be a plaything? Or do you want to be that weapon? Do you want to be that thing that's used of God in those life and death situations? It takes your choice to say, yes, God, whatever you want. It takes you to be surrendered. It takes you to be moldable. It takes you to be willing to go through that fire, to go through the cutting. Not everyone will go through it. Not everyone will. There are many people that say, I quit, stop, I'm done. You have to make your own choice to be that polished shaft, to allow God to do the making and the molding. That's just as simple as it is. And what I want to ask you tonight is, are you moldable? Are you makeable? Is there something in your heart that burns that says, God, I want to be used. I want to be used. Or is it more nonchalant, like, it doesn't matter. You know what God is looking for? He's looking for a man, a person, who is willing to stand in the gap. A person who's willing to say, God, use me. Make me. Lord, here am I. I'm just asking, are you that person? Are you that person? You say, preacher, there was a time in my life where I said, yes, I'll surrender to God. Are you still surrendered? Are you still yielded? Are you still at that place? If not, then I say, encourage you to come to the Lord tonight and say, God, here am I. Palms up. Take whatever you want. Make me. Some of you maybe just need to make a decision. Say, Lord, I don't want to be a plaything. I don't want to be something that's just used for target practice. I want to be used by you. Maybe some of you have something. You know that God has been thumping that heartstrings. And you've been resisting. You've been trying to straighten up. You've been trying to arch that back. You've been trying to say, listen, no, I want it my way. Either you are going to yield to God or you're going to break. And if you're broken, you can't be used like God originally wanted you to be. Maybe some of you, right before you break, you need to come to the Lord and say, all right, God, I'll surrender. I don't have to go through a list. You know exactly what it is God has been working on you lately. God, you know exactly what that one thing that God has been hitting you week after week after week, and you know it. Just surrender it and say, God, Whatever you'd want, I trust in you.
It's a serious message tonight, but it's also encouragement. That some of you, you know what we want? We want this church to be a quiver full of polished shafts. That God can pull us out and just use us and use us. We want to be a place where we're not playing church. Where we're just not wasting Sundays. Have you ever been to a church where you just felt like it wasn't that big of a deal that you showed up there? I don't want to be that type of church. I want to be a type of church that God is using to bring eternal results. I want to have a church full of folks that are surrendered and say, God, mold me, make me, use me. Now, God is very honest God. He tells you up front, it's going to hurt. It's not going to be easy. But the results to be not a plaything, but to be a weapon in the hands of God, that's worth it. That's worth it. So what I'm asking you tonight, are you willing for God to make you into that polished shaft? Are you willing to allow God to make you to the weapon, to the person that God desired you to be all the way up from the womb. Remember, before you were even born, before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye, God had a plan for your life. Are you willing to allow God to make you that weapon God designed and intended for you to be?